All right, everyone, welcome to the RSTV podcast. This is episode two. I'm here with my main man, Michael Money again. Michael, how are you? Doing well, how are you? I'm doing absolutely, positively, wonderfully great, I suppose. That's the easiest way to That's, put it. It's fantastic. We got Amos along for the ride. He's eating a bag of chips and cookies. Oh, he's already polished off the bag of chips and cookies. Amos said, fun fact, Amos said in a leadership meeting at the beginning of the year that one of his New Year's resolutions was to eat. We were like, what do you mean? He's like, I just forget to eat. And I was like, how do you even have that problem? Like, how could you possibly? <laughs> What's funny is the last couple of weeks, we've been so busy that there have been a couple of days that I've forgotten to eat until like the very end of the day. Uh, so now I get it, but uh, yeah, he was eating his bag of chips, and I was like, "Have yeah. you eaten yet?" And he had to think about it, and the answer was he, he believes that he did at one point <laughs> in the last twenty four hours eat a sandwich of some sort. So, kudos to you, Amos. We've been chilling. We just filmed a um, worship uh, service live stream, and now we're doing this podcast. And I've been so excited for everybody listening. Thank you so much if you tuned in last week to the podcast. Uh, I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed it. Michael, have you listened to yourself talk yet? I on did. It? You did? I did. All glorious 53, 59 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Sorry it was long. We have the potential to be long-winded, but hey, it is what it is. If you like it, you keep rolling with it. And if not, you know, you just press pause and come back to it later. It's a podcast. So um, on that note, we are on Anchor. We are on Spotify. And I've been getting notifications all week about um, about different uh, platforms that we're on now. Google Podcasts, I think. I, I don't know who listens to Google Podcasts, but we're on it. Um, a few other ones I've never recognized, and I think it's making its way to the Apple Podcast Store. So I don't right. know if this one's on Apple yet, uh, but stay tuned. We're going to try to get on Apple and eventually maybe YouTube. We'll see. We'll see where this all gets to go. But for now, you can subscribe on Spotify. I think that's the best place to listen Uh so, uh, I guess on Spotify, it's not called subscribing. It's called following, right? Yeah. Um, I guess they just decided to cool, go cool and say it's follow. So, hey, listen, make sure to follow us on Spotify or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to and share this episode with a friend. Uh, please uh, find the leak on Instagram, whatever post we put out about it, share it on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Let people know you're listening. And if you're on Apple, eventually give us five stars. All that stuff helps us a lot. So we hope you enjoy this podcast. Last week, we talked about... Uh, we talked about if God is real, why do bad things happen? And I got some texts from friends, not only locally, but across the country that said, I listened to the podcast. It sounded really professional. Great job. The content was awesome. And they uh, had a lot of th- uh, a lot of things and thoughts that came out during it that they thought were really impressive. Awesome. And so thank you guys for listening to that. We're going to talk about something uh, encouraging and exciting today, something I felt like the Lord dropped in my heart. Uh, before we do that, just a quarantine update. Uh, Michael, how has COVID-19 continued for you? You still having to wear a mask at work or? Yeah, we're still wearing masks. This is our third week wearing masks. It's terrible. Yeah, it's starting to get hot. So I really, I really don't even wear mine when I'm in the trailer. I just take it down. The only time I wear it is when I walk out, I slide it up. Gotcha. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying that. Someone at work hears it and they come and get me. They're like, put that thing on. Yeah, we'll have to do an edit and be like, if you work at Walmart Supercenter in Cersei, Arkansas, then <laughs> stop listening to this podcast immediately. Like That would be like the opening disclaimer. <laughs> well, fortunately, at the church office, we're not required to wear masks. Now, something I did do was last week at the church, we, um, the elders and some of us, we uh, made some road trips out to some uh, senior citizens' homes and uh, dropped them off some fruit baskets and said hello. And I was at uh, one lady in our church's house, and she said, do you know anybody that needs some face masks? She said, all the hospitals are stocked up. And I'm like, uh, not really. And she had these really nice, high-quality, silky 
uh, pink face masks on pink on one side and floral flower pattern on the other. That's cool. And this is going to sound so unmanly, um, but who am I kidding? I wear skinny jeans, so it is what it is. <laughs> I knew that was on a Friday, and I knew that the gyms were opening back up on Monday with the face mask requirement before you enter the gym. How did the governor say it? You may wear the face mask to check in, and then when you go into the gym, as soon as you begin to exercise, you may take the mask off. And I'm like, what's the point, bro? But anyhow, I wanted to start working out again because i gotten small because I haven't lifted weights in like four weeks. And so I was like, I mean, I'll take it. And so no joke, I'm uh, two days in this week, I wear that pink floral mask straight up to the gym, and I don't even ask, I, don't, I just look at them like, what? That's like, awesome. yeah, that's right, it's pink. <laughs> Who cares? I'm in this. But the, the good news is I don't think anybody's proud of their face mask. Like, I mean, everybody's like, we all are walking around like dogs with a cone of shame around our neck. Like we just got right. surgery. But anyhow, um, one thing that we just announced is that not this Sunday, the 10th, but Sunday, next Sunday, May the 17th, the river is reopening uh, in-person services. Right. And I am really, really excited about that. So I hope everybody listening comes out. We're going to do, we're going to have to do some stuff, spread out every other row, that kind of stuff and whatnot. Uh, but just put some Germex on your hands, reserve your spot and come on up here, get a seat early and join us on May the 17th for in-person service. And, uh, we aren't going to be having youth or young adult activities or small groups or we'll maybe have small groups, I'm not sure yet, but children's preschool, that kind of stuff, at least probably for the rest of the month of May, but we're planning out our summer calendar and we got a lot of awesome announcements and updates for youth and young adults in the way of internship and trips and hangouts and so on and so forth that we're going to be rolling out in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. And uh, I think that's all of our main announcements today. Sweet. So buckle up your seatbelt and get ready for the topic. Um, this is the RSTV podcast. That just sounds weird me saying that. <laughs> this is the RSTV podcast. All right. Uh, I want to talk about something uh, that's been kind of on my heart recently. Uh, this coronavirus thing has been a little weird. Have you had an, a moment where you felt kind of depressed at all in it? I don't know. I want to say like depressed, but it has been discouraging in different points. Just being like, what am I doing? Like, where is this taking me? Like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, but I want to say depressed, but it, there have been times yeah. that I've felt down about the whole thing. I, I have not, I've done, I've had, I've handled pretty well. I've kept my head above water and, but I'm out of the house a lot. My wife and girls, like, I think they're just about to kill each other. Just going crazy because they're just at home so much and yeah. uh, there's just nowhere to go. You can't go to the park. You can't go to uh, that. That's like a classic like housewife, like right. mama move, right? Let's go get some Chick-fil-A and walk the park. Well, you can't. <laughs> and uh, so they've just been at home and stuff. And I know even on Sunday, Evelyn came and hung out at the church while we live streamed and got to talk to people and just talking to people. It's just like it made her day. And, um, you know, I, I think that I had a moment of prayer on a Saturday morning a couple weeks ago where I just began to just cry because I'm like, God, I really do miss people. It just all hit me in a flood and a wave. It's been really mm -hmm. tough. Um, for me, it's been kind of difficult because, like, we've been working so hard. And so I was talking to Amos earlier today. It's like you just feel the crash, like the bottom's just pulled out from under us because we've been going so fast and so hard. And um, it's been a real challenging thing to keep the right headspace and the way everything is. And the Lord began to speak to me the other day on the power of perspective and how God is always the same no matter what. His scripture right. says that. But we often take our eyes off the off of Him and we get them on to different things and our perspective shifts and that's a problem. And He began to call me back to this idea of perspective. And as we get to pray about this, He took me back to this passage in Genesis that I want to read. And it's about Abraham. Genesis 15, 1 through 6. And I'll just go ahead and read it. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. This is before God changed his name to Abraham. 
I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you were even able to number them. And he said to Abraham, So shall your descendants be. And Abram believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. The power of perspective. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, well, I guess it's been a couple months ago, um, my wife's a type 1 diabetic, and we had to go to her diabetic, her endocrinologist, diabetic doctor, or whatnot. She goes every now and then for a checkup, and she's in Little Rock. And she's off of, uh, I forget, so Shackleford or something. It's, it's no, no, Rodney Perry. It's way, it's over in, uh, like, close to West Little Rock. Mm-hmm. And um, we go there. This Well, it definitely was, it's been a while because it was before coronavirus, because, shoot, during coronavirus, we went to the baby appointment. I couldn't even go there to listen to the baby's heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I have to watch, the, listen to the heartbeat over FaceTime. But we went to the, the doctor appointment, and, um, going to Little Rock, you know, traffic's different sometimes. And we were driving up right there where, you know, that big Pentecostal church yep. is on the freeway. Uh, looks like the palace from Aladdin. I mean, goodness. But um, we were driving up on that. There's, you, and you have two different directions. You, know, you can go towards the downtown city area and mm-hmm. go around. Or you can go straight towards Fort Smith. And eventually that will wrap you around to West Little Rock if you yeah. prefer to go that way. Well, by now, we prefer to go that direction towards West Little Rock because it gets us to her doctor's office a little quicker. This specific day, we were going right up on that veer where you have to make a decision, and there was a car in in front of us in such a position that Evelyn couldn't see that route, and she said, hey, remember, we're going that route. Why are you going this way towards the city? And I, because in my seat, literally just one foot away, my seat, I could see that we had traffic backed up on that route that we typically would take towards West Little Rock. And I had to explain to her, hey, there's traffic up there. And she had to lean over and see it. And God began to speak to me. And he's like, man, literally your perspective is is different than the way I see things. The Bible says that uh, the Lord is higher than the heavens and higher than the earth, and uh, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. The way he sees things are different. In fact, last week we were talking about if God's real, why do bad things happen? And the whole point was God has purpose in our pain, even when we can't see the purpose. And I, I, I thought about that just from that moment we were driving, how literally just one small foot space of positioning can change your entire perspective. Yeah. And from that point, it would literally change your entire direction and trajectory. And in this story, Abram, who uh, is going to be Abraham, the backstory, if you're not familiar with Abraham, you don't read the Bible. If you're not a Christian, we're glad you're listening to this. And if you're a Christian, you don't read your Bible, then you need to start reading your Bible. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll grade you on a curve today. Uh, but anyhow, Abram uh, is this dude chilling in the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. He's from a place called Ur. And uh, like that's that's not a very place. That probably wouldn't be a place that you're proud to say. It's like saying you're from Bald Knob or something. But anyhow, um, anybody's from Bald Knob, Tim Sherman, we love you. Bulldog pride, whatever. But Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans. And, and God talks to him at one point and says, get up and get out of your father's country and your hometown to a land I will show you. And there's so much in that because God's basically telling him, leave and I'll tell you where you're going on the way. 
And that would require a big faith step if you've been hanging out in the same spot your whole life. I mean, that's kind of like we are as Christians. Whenever you first set out on a journey of faith, God begins to call you and says, man, turn from your sin, leave the world behind. You've been partying with these people, doing this kind of stuff, but drop that and go somewhere. I want to take you on a journey. And what kind of faith it takes to drop your stuff and go. But Abram actually has the faith to do it. He like drops his stuff and he bounces and he goes and he starts following God on this journey. And God makes him this promise and he says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations the father of many nations. There's just a problem. And you want to guess what the problem is? You Bible scholar? He doesn't, doesn't have any kids. He doesn't have any kids, and he has a bigger problem because his wife Sarai can't have children. And they're already married, they're already hitched, and she can't have babies. Mm-hmm. And right now, if you struggle with infertility in 2020, that stinks. But man, back then, it was a really big deal. Right. It was like God had closed your womb up in an act of judgment. Like, right. And uh, so they can't have kids, but here's God telling Abram, like, you're going to be the father of many nations. Mm-hmm. Like, ha, okay. And they were advanced in years, too. They were old. Yeah, well point. advanced in years. And they're like 90s or something. I mean, I mean, obviously, if you're struggling with infertility, that stinks. But if you're in your 90s, like, you don't have to, have to sprinkle on the infertility stuff. Like, we get it, bro. Like, you ain't having no kids. And so it's a ha-ha-ha moment, but God's like, what are you laughing at? Like, I'm telling you the truth. So but they trust him, and they're following him, and they've gone through a lot of stuff. And Abraham's life is, in fact, as I was reading and studying this, I've got like two or three other podcast topics that we can cover the next few weeks because it applies to us so much. But at this point in the journey, um, they've trusted God. uh, They've followed him. uh, But he's got this point where God calls Abraham, and it says he speaks to him in a vision. And when you talk about perspective, it's really about how you see. You know, I've heard people say, like, I'll believe it when I see it. And so much about faith is like believing it even when you don't see it. Um, but right out of the gate in this passage, it says that God came to him in a vision. And vision is a point of sight. It's something you can see. And the Lord speaks to us in vision. Like, I remember whenever I was 16, the Lord began to give me vision for my family being saved. God began to give me vision for my school, having a campus club where I'd preach to uh, hundreds of students. And God began to give me vision for being a uh, youth pastor and a, and a minister and a leader. He began to give me all this vision. And throughout my life, to this day, I have vision. I talk all the time in leadership meetings about the vision we have for this ministry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and God likes to give his children vision. He yeah. wants to take them on a journey and say, I'm going to show you something. Like, what, what's something in your life God's given you vision from? Or, or when can you recall as a teenager that like the Lord began to speak to you about your future and you began to latch on? Yeah. Um, man, one, uh, more recent thing, which, uh, I haven't actually, didn't actually get to do this, but, uh, the fruit of what came out of it and what's going on with it now is probably better than I could have ever done. Um, was going into search high school and, uh, starting a Bible club. Um, I was actually on the campus for a while, sitting at lunch tables and stuff and talking with kids and, and just kind of getting know getting to know them and everything. Yeah. And it turned out that whenever I really started to push for it and try to go for it, I wasn't allowed to be in a <laughs> in a in a Bible study or a Bible club. Like I wasn't allowed to be in the room while it was happening. And, you know, that that's a big bummer. But like I still had that vision for it and like, um, excuse me. There was still that vision that that I had and that I was pushing for right. and praying for. And now, now it's, it's happened, mm-hmm. you know, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, obviously not right now. School is out, but yeah. it's, it's happened. Uh, Brady Owens 
what a what a man of God, you know, yeah. just stepping up in a huge way. And and honestly, probably carrying more influence than I ever could being a senior at the school right. at that moment has influence with others and, and brought people in with them to even do one in a second lunch. Yeah. You know, I couldn't yeah. do that. Like I couldn't be at both. Two you places know? at once, yeah. And so like just seeing that happen yeah. is is so cool. And now there's several students in, in his jet stream that are behind him yeah. that are coming in right behind him into that yeah. junior senior season that can take it and run with it. That's a that's an amazing account because you really believe that. You saw it and you latched onto it. And that's a big deal because like I mean people some people know this, but like you were homeschooled. Right. And like you played, you played public school basketball and stuff. But I mean, like the idea of being a homeschooler, walking in lunchrooms in a six A cafeteria and sitting down with people you don't know to talk to mm-hmm. them, and then you pave that way like a like a clear cutter, right? Like a uh, somebody who goes before and clears a pathway, and then somebody else takes the campus club, and you could sit and you could you know kick your feet and be like, well, I thought I was going to be mm-hmm. preaching in the school. But the point is, the the fruit came forth. Right. But you latched onto the vision and you saw it and you didn't let go. And I'm sure, I mean, there had to be times when you were discouraged. I mean, shoot, whenever oh, yeah. that principal told you you yeah, couldn't do it that. it was like, you can't be there. And I was like, wait, really? And, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, this? I've been coming here for like six months, sitting with these kids and talking with them like every week, but I can't go into the classroom while yeah. it's happening. And, you know, there's probably more fruit coming out of it from Brady doing it, you know? Like, I there's probably something else that God has in store that I'm yeah. going to be doing during that time. Yeah. You know? Oh, I don't know about you, man. You don't really do anything around here. So <laughs> <laughs> except everything. No, man, I think that's so amazing that you can celebrate the calling on someone else's life, taking the mantle too. Yes. You know, I think of the, uh, Herbides revival. There were these two old ladies that prayed fervently for hours every night. This is back, by the way, this is back in like the seven, no, the, uh, 1800s. And, um, and, and prayed for revival every night. And then it just broke out in a church nearby with a minister that wasn't even like one of the ones praying. Yeah. And it's like, how does that happen? It's like, it don't, it doesn't matter who gets the glory. It's just, they saw it. They knew God wanted to move and they had a vision for it and it gripped them and they prayed and they saw it come to pass. Well, Abraham, Abraham's really similar uh, because he has this vision. So it says, God came to him in a vision that night in verse one. And he said, don't be afraid, Abraham, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And so he starts off not with who Abraham's called to be, but who he is and reminding him who God is to him. I think that's so imperative because we lose sight of who God is. We get off into all kinds of discouragement, despair. But it says that Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? And this is the second word jumped out to me. He says, seeing I go childless, seeing. So it comes to God comes to him in a vision, God's vision, but Abraham responds to God and starts arguing with him, bickering with him, saying, what would you give to me seeing? In other words, I see that I don't have right. a kid, right? And then in verse 3, he goes further, look, you've given me no offspring. So he's telling God, look, I can see there's no kid, and you, God, look. In other words, perspective. Look at my perspective. God comes to him in a vision to give him God's perspective, and Abraham starts talking to God, trying to give him Abraham's perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look at what's going on. And really what you're seeing here is a tension between God's promises and my problems, like God's counsel versus my circumstances. And I think that like whenever I had a vision of my, my family being saved, like I got that right after I got saved. And I'll never forget, I was talking to my dad one night. I love my dad. He serves the Lord. He's, he's, he's born again. He, he loves Jesus today. Uh, my mom, all my family, um, almost all my family. But my dad, I remember like 
talking to him one time about like, we need to worship God in this house and we need to stop watching rated R movies. We need this and that. You know, I was just on fire. I was a little 16 year old fired up zealot. And I'll never forget. My dad was like, look, son, we didn't go get filled up like you did at that youth place down there, right? We're not in the same spot you are, and you got to respect that. And I remember him telling me, like, you don't, you need to be careful. You don't want to be too overboard. You don't need to be too zealous with this Jesus thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to burn out. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know a bunch of stuff about that, but I know whatever's happened in me is, like, I can't get enough of that. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to, you know what I'm saying? It's like, don't yeah. eat too much healthy food. You might have abs. <laughs> like, oh no, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, whatever, dude. So anyhow, so I had this vision, but then my parents were splitting up and I remember praying. I'm like, God, you promised. Like I saw this stuff happen. So I never could have foreseen what the next 10 years of my life would look like for my family. Mm-hmm. But then one at a time, I saw those family members come to Christ in ways I never could have expected it. Like, yeah. I had God's promises, but I had all these problems around me. I had these circumstances. It had been easy for me to be like, yeah, but look at my family. Look at my parents. Look at my friends. Look at all this. But God, he was more faithful than that. And I just began to think about it. Like sometimes our flawed perspective clouds God's perfect promises. Mm. Like it's the problem isn't on his promises and it's on our perspectives in. It's like God's in the driver's seat and he can see the traffic up ahead. And he's yeah. about to take us a different direction than we planned, but we're going to get to the same destination. But we're sitting in the passenger seat going, what, what, what on? actually, it's more like we're in the driver's seat and he's in the passenger seat and he would like to be in the driver's seat, but we want mm-hmm. control and we can't see what he sees. He's like, swap yeah. and give me the wheel and just let me take it. And Abraham found himself in this place where he's driving and trying to make things happen, but it's not working. And, you know, our flawed perspective clouds God's perfect promise, and our flawed perspective steals God's perfect peace because it whips us up into a frenzy of anxiety. Like, I'm going to share something to you guys and get real vulnerable here for a second. Like, part of my testimony is that when I was 16, like, before I came to Christ, like, I struggled big with depression and suicidal thoughts. Like, like I was completely bondage to it. I hated life. I hated myself. I felt like there was no point in living. And... And then the night that I got saved, like, all that broke off of me. Like, facts. Like, just mm-hmm. gone. And I can honestly say that I've never... I, I mean, I've had, a bum, you know, bad days and, you know, bummers, sure. but setbacks. But I've never just, like, been depressed, like, actual depressed, until the last year. Like, and if you're listening, you might be shocked. Like, happy Jared, what? Depressed? Like, no. And I'll, let me just say this. Like, I haven't gone through a season of depression, really, but I've had moments of depression. And by the way, I don't think of depression as, like... Yeah, I don't think it's a chemical imbalance. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. it's like, hey, oh, there's something wrong with my brain. Let me take a pill. No, I categorize depression as demonic. Like, yeah. I think it literally, think of the term depressed. Something is pressing down on you. And I've had several moments in the last year where I felt like the enemy come in and just, just, just like literally oppress me, feel a mm-hmm. weight, feel a pressure. And at first I just thought that I was just having a bad day and feeling sorry for myself. But there's been times whenever I've gotten in such a frenzy that like, Evelyn's been like, let me pray for you. And I can't even believe I'm sharing this and saying this out loud, but like I said it out loud and I'd be like, I don't want you to. And I'm like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. And the good news is like, I have the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in me. So I was able to recognize those moments like, oh my gosh, like something evil is going on here. Like, I don't want prayer. (laughs) How can you even say that? Like, well, because it's a spirit. Right. And so I'd, I would choose to let her pray for me, and I would pray and declare and rebuke those things off. That's probably happened a handful of times in the last year, but the last couple of months, I, I hope everybody else has been resting and chilling. For me, uh, I, I was talking to Amos about this earlier. I, we've been going hard. Yeah. Like, as far as church goes, I have been working so that others can be resting. 
I've been, we've been setting up cameras and we've been recording stuff so other people can be blessed and enjoy their family time and have a fellowship with the Lord and have a connection. And I've been justifying my busyness with it's for other people, but mm-hmm. I've been out of balance, man. And, um, and I've known it, but like, just kind of, oh, you just got to keep going. But I had a moment, bro, like three, two or three, probably three Friday nights ago where I just like, I like lost it, man. It's as close to like a nervous breakdown I think I've ever had. I was at the office at like 11.45 p.m. after an exported fi- or a file failed to export again or something <laughs> for a service premiere. And I'm and I'm there at like 1, 2 a.m. like waiting on it to upload. And I'm driving home on the phone with Evelyn and I'm just exhausted and I'm just, I'm anxious and I'm just, I'm just going nuts, man. Like I have not felt so out of sort in so long. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, I got to take a day off. Yeah, I got to snap. But there's a lot more that the Lord's been speaking about in in balancing that out spiritually. But but I was just going through it, man. Things are really tough, and um, and just feeling too busy, feeling like too much is on my shoulders and stuff like that. But the next day, like, I was like, man, I need to get up. We just need to go out for a walk. So Evelyn was doing something, and so I took Addie and Ella, and we got in the stroller, and we went for a walk. And it was nice outside that day. It was pretty in our neighborhood. And this is where stuff gets funny. Cause like, I'm trying to go out for like, try to get some sunshine. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like the governor's like, the, all you can do is like go out for a walk and try to like lift your spirits a little bit. I'm going for a walk and I go around the block. And when I get to the end of the block, I got my five-year-old facing me in the double stroller. I got my one-year-old facing out in the double stroller. And this is the scene I see. Now my neighborhood is interesting because it's partially like old people and like really nice. And it's partially like, redneck like in some yards <laughs> there's old person trinkets and in other yard yards there's like car parts chilling <laughs> and uh i come up at the at the fork or the t in this road and i see this woman setting out in her yard with her mama sitting on the porch and and the woman in the just like just sitting in the yard doing something is yelling at these three people that are chasing their dog around that got off the leash she's like Y'all better get your dog out of my yard. I'm not getting parvo in my mama's yard. <laughs> this is literally how it sounds. And then the people, the other people are like, shut up. You're crazy. She is possessed. And like talking to me and I'm just like, I'm fro. It's kind of like one of those nature specials. Like a gazelle watches fringes get ripped to pieces by an alligator. Like they just freeze. Like they're just like, like you're just, uh, it's like watching a train wreck. You hate it, but you can't look away. So I just freeze. And my daughters are watching this and, People are just, I mean, they're just having a fight. I'm going to call the cops on her. She is possessed. And, yeah, I'm just saying I don't want part of Anyhow, I was like, why can't I catch a break? I just wanted to go for a walk, man. <laughs> oh, man. Anyhow, I turn around. I, I just see, I just like turn around. The dog that they're chasing is like coming up to me and looking at me. I'm like, get away from me, dog. So I turn around and I'm just walking off and Addie's real quiet. And I'm like, hey, baby, um. She's like, Daddy, those people weren't being nice. I said, yes, <laughs> you're right, baby. They weren't being nice. I said, and I took it as an example to her. And you know why you get spankings is because kids that don't get spankings grow up to not be nice like those people. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, help me not be judgmental. Anyhow, I was driving around. I'm like, there's so it's just crazy outside. But while I was doing that, I had this moment of like, I can't catch a break. And I look up, and it's just beautiful. I'm looking at the clouds and the sky. And for some reason, I just begin to feel better while I'm looking up. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, literally, it's like everything's okay. Like, I look up, and I'm like, I feel like everything's going to be okay. And I be and right then it's like when God called, started speaking to me on this thing of perspective, and He dropped this this passage in my spirit, and He really began to talk to me about the directions we look because everybody, you know, reality is real. It's like the psalmist said, "Open up my eyes that I might see wondrous things from Your law." But depending on what direction you're looking, you may not see them. Right. You know, as a human, we pretty well look three directions at any given moment. We're either looking down, up, or around. Right. 
It's like on any given moment, those are the three directions. Those are the three options. We can look down, we can look around, or we can look up. And I began to think about those directions because every time we see God speaking to somebody in terms of vision, he's always calling them to lift up, look up. Like he called yeah. Abraham out and he said, lift your eyes towards the heaven. In other words, you need to shift your perspective, look higher, come up higher than where you're at. And I started thinking about whenever your perspective isn't right and you're not looking the right direction, what else do you see? You know, and, and let me just ask you, like in a, in a, in a pretty standard day, just looking around, what, what is, what stuff that we take in? Like what kind of stuff that you're just like, I didn't sign up for this, but this is coming in my eye socket, coming in my ear socket, even at work, even as you go about your day, like the stuff you look around. Oh yeah. I mean, just music that you're not even trying to look, listen to, um, shoot things on your phone, just that you're, you're not even trying to see computer yeah. screens, billboards, like there's so, there's just so much that you hear, see that you're not even trying to see or hear. Yeah, like you're trying to go for a walk and you end up looking at a woman yelling at somebody about getting the dog out and so there's no parvo in her mama's yard. It's like craziness. I thought about the directions look down, you know, down, around, up, these three directions and, and your perspective like shifts no matter how you do it. You know, down is, I thought about this. Anytime you're looking at your phone, for instance, you're usually looking down. Yeah. You don't ever watch people like holding their phone out like straight forward unless they're taking a selfie or something. But, like how do you look at Instagram? Down. Yep. Facebook, down. YouTube, down, right? And you just think about the things that come into your mind when you're looking down. I know for me, like, I, man, we could be crushing it in youth ministry. I mean, absolutely crushing it. And people around us be like, man, that your youth and young adults are on fire. And I can get on Instagram and I can look at another youth group yep. and I can be, they can like, we brought a live elephant in the room tonight. It was lit. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And I'd just be like, Dude, our youth group sucks. We don't even bring a live <laughs> elephant. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the comparison game. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're working on cameras right now. We just got these cameras. And then I'll just go watch something from Bethel and be like, yeah, but our cameras aren't as good as theirs. You know, like, yep. man, I feel like I preach good. Then I listen to Stephen Furtick preach, and I'm like, I'll never preach that because nobody can, right? Or Mike Todd. Like, oh, listen, I, I, I mean, you can, by the time you get the preaching thing down, you can't ever be as crunk as that dude. Like, there's so much discouragement that comes mm -hmm. from comparison just from looking down yeah you know and it's like you start to come away dis in in despair you know and i thought about this i wrote this down like down is down is where your phone is down is where your feet are down is where the dirt is down is the direction of despair and doubt yeah you know That's and good. it doesn't matter what's going on around you or ahead of you like when you're when you're looking down like all, you are you have an open channel it's like television i was thinking about this if you turn on a television you're about to catch vision. Yeah. And then you're going to have to select programming to program your brain by watching a channel. But, you know, a channel is a river stream. And so it's like it's the same body of water, but it goes down different channels. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this experience, this reality we're living in constantly is all around us. But depending on our perspective determines the channel and the programming and the messages we get. So it's like when you're glued to your phone, you're getting the downward spiral message yeah. of despair and doubt and discouragement. Like, mm -hmm. have you ever struggled with like comparison or, or temptation or anything as a means of just looking down? Sure. All the time? Yeah. I mean, you just, you get on it and there's someone, someone's got nicer car, nicer clothes, more friends, yeah. more likes. <laughs> yeah. Their parents are still married. They have a girlfriend. I don't, you know, I struggled with that when I was a kid. Like 
I can never have a girlfriend. Like, I just want a girlfriend. It was like my life goal some years to get a girlfriend until I found Jesus. And then I was like, I don't want that. And then everybody's like, are you gay? I'm like, no, I'm consecrated. Like, yeah. What does that even mean? You're like, well, you, you don't even want to know. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> but like, seriously, it's like somebody's got everything that I want. And, and, and when you, when you, when you're just stuck on that device, you're just looking at an open window in on somebody else's life. And it's just depressing. And anyhow, if you're and not it's, looking, it's just their highlight reel too. Yeah. It's their highlight reel, mm-hmm. not their background footage. Yep. And if you're listening to this, you need that's a word for you. Don't compare your background footage to somebody else's nope. highlight reel. <laughs> Can't do that. Like, honest talk, there's three of us in this room. Have you ever taken a picture of like a desk or a table or yourself and you've moved just junk out of the way? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get the best version of it. It's like right now we're filming a podcast and before we we're going to do this audio, we we're going to record video too. And so in front of us is a pile of used water bottles messed up expo markers, empty boxes, a bottle of hand sanitizer, and a podcast mic we're not using. The wire for which that goes to it, I don't know. Like, we have an open chip bag chilling over here. Why? But that's not in the lighting section yep. because we have the lights. Now I don't even know why I have lights because we're not even filming video. <laughs> why are you even doing this this way? <laughs> Because it's like, we want you to have a better perspective of us, right? Uh-huh. You're looking down into our world. It's got to look good. But the truth is, we could be fighting as soon as we get off this, and you wouldn't even know because we ain't putting mm-hmm. that out on the podcast. By the way, we're not fighting. But that's a good point, though. It's just their highlight reel. Yeah. It's not real life. And if you're not looking down, you're just, you're probably looking around. And around is more, I mean, we look around a lot more than we do down. Like when you're driving, hopefully you're looking around. That's where the billboards come in. That's yeah. where the distractions come in. That's where the woman in her yard screaming at somebody and her neighbor about getting her dogs parked out of the yard is. Like around is where you pick up media stuff. You know, you're watching Fox News. You're watching CNN. And, you know, right now everybody's really afraid. And that why are they afraid? Because they're looking around at what people are saying. They're looking around to people to hear stuff. Yeah. And, and there's just distraction everywhere there's temptation everywhere there all this kind of stuff and 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 the conversations you're in you sit at a lunch table now you're not looking down you're looking around and people Mm -hmm. can say things to you about you about each other you can get pulled into gossip because your perspective is around you all these things happen whenever you look around and i thought about this if down is the direction of despair then around is the is the uh direction of distraction yeah I think around is where distraction has. It's when you're on a walk, enjoying the day. You're not looking down. You're not looking up. You're just enjoying life. You're looking at the birds of the air, but along with it, you see people yelling at each other, and it steals your joy and, and your peace. Why? Not because, not because there isn't good things around you. It's just because you're distracted. Yeah. And for us as Christians, it's very important that we're not distracted. Jesus said, let's, not just stri- let's strip off every weight that yeah. slows us down, not just the sin, but every weight that slows us down. And this is where you've got that boyfriend that's not good for you, and you know it. Uh, this is where uh, you're caught up in 15 things and travel ball and travel cheer and travel dance and travel this and travel that. And you mm-hmm. don't have time for church because you're so busy. Or uh, maybe you're just so focused on school and praise God for school, but you got to have that 4.0 GPA and your identities attached to your academics rather than your identities in Christ. And academics are just a tool. And, you know, you're a college student and you're working hard and you're trying to make everything work, you know. But if you're not careful, you just get distracted because yep. you're always looking around. And finally, the right direction to look is up. And if down is the direction of despair and around is the direction of distraction, I think up is the direction of unction. Unction mm-hmm. represents faith. It represents anointing. It represents inspiration. It represents I can. It represents I will. And every time God was speaking to people, he's always saying lifting up. In fact, after I read this, he said, hey, come out of your tent and look up at the stars. 
You know, he would say, your descendants will be like them if you can even count them. You know, at one point, Abraham's looking around at his circumstances saying, my wife can't have kids. The heir is a, is a servant in my house, and this is all I got. Look at my tent, God. This is what I got. You look and see. And God's like, no, no, no. Okay, you know what, Abraham, sh- sh- shut up. Come out of your tent. Look up at the stars. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm telling you. And the result of that, it says, is Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. It's a really big deal because this is actually the, the base verse that we build the Christian faith on, on the idea of justification by faith, meaning you're not saved by works. You're saved just because you trust God. Yeah. You trust Jesus for your salvation. You trust God that he's a good provider and loves you as his child, and you're going to be okay. And you trust that his promises are true. That's where righteousness is imputed into you, and you get to live by righteousness uh, as a fruit uh, simply because of your faith and your trust. But your faith is only as good as your perspective is directed in the right place. Because yeah, as long good. as Abraham was looking at his barren wife and his servant uh, heir, he, he couldn't believe the promise of God. And I began to look at other scriptures. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills where my help comes from. Mm-hmm. Why does it say lift my eyes? Because you got to look up. Yeah, in Isaiah, I think it's uh, 43, uh, 49, look around to see your children coming to you, Israel. God said, even though you were uh, captive, now you're going to come back home and your children will be so plentiful you won't even be able to count them. He said, you have to lift your eyes. And it, it, I think about it. If God's promised you something, if God has a calling on your life, then perspective is everything because when your perspective is on God, when you look up, when you look up to the author and the finisher of your faith, the Bible says in Hebrews, let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In other words, run with endurance, he said, the race set before you. It's like you have to fix your eyes on that target. If you were going to shoot for a target, you got to keep your eye on it. you got to keep your eye on Christ, eye on the sky, eye on his return, eye on God and all his promises, and eye on the word. And funny is you look at the Bible by looking down, but by looking down into the word of God, you're really looking up to his promises. And we have to keep our perspective that way because when we do, we put our faith and trust in his promises rather than our problems and circumstances. Because Abraham wanted God. God shows up and he says who he is. I am. Before he even starts talking about stuff, he talks to Abraham. He identifies himself. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham runs into, I don't have this and I don't have that. Mm-hmm. But what God is showing us on this is it's not about what I have. It's about who he is. He came to say and not talk about what I've got. He came to talk about who he is. Like, it's not about what I see. It's about what he says. Because Abraham saw his circumstances, but God's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's great. But I said, I don't care what you see. I said. And so if you've got a vision to see your school saved, you got a vision to see your parents uh, following Christ, you've got a vision to hold on to your virginity or your purity, you've got a vision to, to be a light and a lamp, you've got a vision to see yourself succeeding after college, you've got a vision to yourself being influent, influential in high school instead of influenced by the high school. It's like whatever vision you've got, you can't get your eyes on your circumstances perspective because if God has said it, that's all that matters. Yeah, I have a saying I like to say, God said it, I read it, I believe it, and that settles it. Like, that's it. Like, if he said it, that settles it. And nothing else I see can change that. Like, we got to keep our perspective on the Lord. It, 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 what, what advice, Michael, what advice, we're going to wrap this up and say, well, like, what advice do you give to somebody who's doing their best to try to keep their perspective up and not down? not around. How do you do that? How do you keep your <laughs> eyes fixed on Christ? Yeah, I mean, 
there's there's so many distractions. It's it's really just making a conscious decision to press after the Father, press after His promises. You know, it's a we we can receive a promise, and I heard someone say it like this: receiving a promise, something that God has given to you, is like seeing a light way off in the in the hills or something. Yeah, and wanting wanting to be there like right now. Yeah, and but you can't just go straight there mm-hmm. because there's there's hills, there's mountains, there's trails and stuff that you got to travel. And there's a scripture that says you know, talks about in Psalms 119, Thou word is a lamp to my feet and a line to my path. If we just try to go straight there, you know, we're going to trip yeah, up. You yeah. know? But if we're in the word mm-hmm. and we're, we're seeking his face, yeah. that vision, that promise that we've been given, right. we may not get there the way we think we should or the way we want to. Yeah. But because we're in the Word and we're we're seeking after Him, He guides our feet, and it may not be directly to where we're trying to go. Yeah. We may have to walk down into this valley and up on this right. mountain and and sideways on this trail <laughs> <laughs> to get there. But as long as we're in the Word and we're in the Scripture that guides our feet, that yeah. is that light yeah. for our right now. Right. You you need you need light to see where you're stepping. Yeah, and His yeah. Word is that. So if we're in His Word, wow, then we can, then we can get to that destination. It may not look how we want, like we want it to. Yeah, but we'll get there. That's so good, man. And that's so much revelation. People quote that scripture and don't even realize the power in that. Like it, you think about that, like a lamp to guide your feet. And if the he's saying your word, like the Bible, is a mm-hmm. lamp to guide my feet. Like if you're not in the Word, then that. That scripture concludes that you're basically walking in darkness. Yeah. Like, you don't have any perspective at that point. You're just subject to the environment. Right. If you trip, you trip. If you get attacked, you get attacked. Like, you may have a promise or something that you see <laughs> over there, but you've got a whole mountain and trees and everything yeah. in your way, and you can't see to not yeah. get clotheslined oh my goodness. by a fence or something. And of course, that's discouragement because if you see a promise and you see no pathway, Right. right, but we want the whole pathway, and so we're like, "Oh, I see it's the next step." And God's like, "That's we enough." We want like a zip line straight there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? It's like, I like that girl. I want to marry her today. And God's like, "No, nah, it's gonna be a minute, bro." It's like, I, I, I see myself. Oh man, dude, I'm gonna tell you a story. While I'm thinking of it. Like when I first came back from my internship, like I didn't have a job. Well, I, I started working for your dad actually doing yeah. taxes, and um, I was looking for a job. And this is and. I guess it's spring of 2000, and I don't know. I don't know when it is. Anyhow, it's been so long, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. No, anyhow. Oh, goodness. Oh, Rise of Skywalker is on Disney+, Plus. I heard. I'm I, I'm about to watch that again. I love it so much. <laughs> anyhow, um, nah, dude, my, my sister put me on to this job that a friend of hers company was hiring, and, like, it was a really cool job. It was selling insurance to churches and, like, because churches have their own specific like insurance code. And I remember thinking, dude, church, that's my thing, man. And I don't even know. Like, I sent my res, like, I didn't even send a resume. I didn't send a resume. Um, oh, wait, no, I did. That's right. I sent a resume. It said, like, Liberty Tax Service, tax prepare. That's it. Before that, I was a barista at CC's Coffee Shop in a hospital kiosk in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and a lighting engineer at Bethany World Prayer Center Church and a former intern. Anyhow, man. This guy through my sister, they were hiring an insurance salesman or something like that. And it was 
looked like a banging job with a lot of money. And anyhow, I sent it to him because he asked for it. And he was like, and he just automatically was like, oh, I forwarded to my supervisor. Good luck. That's it. The supervisor calls me. Hey, man, Brandon told me he knows you. Uh, that's all I really need to know. Why don't you come in? Our, our regional supervisor will be here tomorrow in Little Rock. I want you to meet him. So, like, within two days, I go from, like, this kid with a terrible resume to sitting in front of, like, one of four national company bigwigs. <laughs> like, how did you get here? I'm like, I don't even know. I, I'm trying to talk to – I'm 19, and I start to realize in the beginning of the interview – this insurance company does like millions of dollars worth of policies. And this position is like the entire Southwest Arkansas region of like almost every church in the state. I'm talking tens of millions of dollars of assets we're talking about. And I'm a 19 year old kid with a Bible school certificate doing destiny leadership Institute. (laughs) And I already feel dumb, but I'm trying to just hold my own. And man, this dude just stops and he's like, listen, you're sharp. We're not going to have another interview. Like, I don't know how you got in this room, but you're supposed to be a preacher. You're not supposed to do this. This is a secular company that services the religious institution. And you're, we're talking about giving you 10 to $20 million worth of policies to manage at 19. And you're quoting Bible verses in here. He's like, let me quote a Bible verse to you. And he shared his, cause he's a believer. He shared his scripture uh-huh. with me about like times and seasons or something like that. Anyhow, he said, I just wouldn't want you to miss your calling, man. And I remembered, I understood. I left, and I felt so stupid. I, like, got in the van, and I was, like, crying and stuff. I'm like, what in the world, God? Like, I just felt so humiliated. Anyhow, a month later, Pastor Keith asked me to be on staff at the church, and the rest is history. In fact, I went and preached at a church in Desark, and the guy that sent my resume to his supervisor plays the drums at that church. And I preached this message and uh, about... Um, called take it to the bank from philippians god will supply all your needs like if he said it that settles it and he came up to me after just shook and he's like man not hiring you is the best thing that we ever did he's like i can't even imagine a world where you weren't a pastor and a preacher like this because you've moved me so much today and i remember that moment thinking like what in the world but i had the bits and pieces and the puzzles like church this and that but i was willing to bend it because i wanted momentary success Uh but it's like thank god for that denial and that setback because it's like we do see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't know. Our steps aren't always like what we yeah. would, what we would plan. I think I'm thankful for the journey and the perspective we have. I want to leave you guys the scripture Colossians one or sorry three one through three. It says, "If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God." The real truth and the reality, and I think you hit the nail on the head, you got to stay in the Word. you got to stay in prayer. There are practical ways daily where you choose the channel of your mm-hmm. attention because attention creates access, and whatever you focus on, you think on. How do they say that as a man thinketh, uh, so is he? Yeah. And whatever goes on in your heart will turn out in your life. And so I want to encourage each and every one of you, whether you're 13, 12, 24, 44, I don't care how old you are listening to this, 7th grade through 12th grade, college and above, all of the youth and young adults listening Set aside a time to read the Bible and pray every day. We've got a reading plan we go through. You can get started there, however you do. But take time daily to set your mind on things above. Don't set it on things of the world, boyfriends, girlfriends, distractions, YouTube, Netflix, Tiger King, uh, so on and so forth. Man, this stuff can't satisfy you. I was reading it earlier today in the book of Samuel whenever God told the people, turn away from your idols because they leave you empty. Mm -hmm. And you got to set your mind on things above. 
and come out of your tent, quit looking around at what you don't have, quit looking around at your family, quit looking around at your friends, quit looking around at social media and down at your phone. Come out of your tent and look up and look towards the sky. And all of a sudden, even if people have been yelling around in your neighborhood, chewing people out about dog parvo, all of a sudden you see those clouds in the sky and all of a sudden you realize the universe is a lot bigger than you think. It's in the hands of somebody that's more powerful than you know. And honestly, you can't possibly screw it up except by just not getting in line with what he has for you. Mm -hmm. His promises are greater than my problems and the problem is most of the time my perspective is clouding his perfect promises and so let's just strive to just keep our perspective right the rest of this corona season and beyond and have that sort of faith like abraham had where once he looked up at the stars he realized anything's possible and remember it's not about what you have it's about who god is and what he says to you and i think that is the word of the lord you got anything else to add to that no no all good. RSTV podcast episode two in the books. Hey, listen, we're looking forward to being in person really, really soon. But for now, we enjoy this on the podcast. Share this with somebody. Hope it encourage it with you. Uh, encourage you with it. Sorry. Follow us on Instagram and stay tuned for the latest original content. We got weird stuff coming out all the time. I got to say something before we get off here, actually. I am so frustrated because Kat's vlog, she said, choose your day. That was her little poll on there. Choose my day. What I wear, what I do, and all this. And like three or four of the things people told her to do, she like acted like she was going to do it, and she didn't do it. She acted <laughs> like she was going to whip a nene, and right before she hit that whip, she like cut scene. And then she pulled out the spoon, not full of cinnamon. It was like half full of cinnamon because I said, I submitted this, eat a spoonful of cinnamon. And she like was about to do it, and she just blew the cinnamon out of the spoon and was like, oh, I'm just kidding, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, ha, 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 real funny. You know what I did? I stopped watching. I was done with that video. <laughs> Hopefully next week's vlog will be better. Anyhow, I'm loving RSTV. I hope you guys can tell. Hey, God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on the podcast.